Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, the congested and sniffly Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we'll fulfill a request, celebrate the birthday of Howard Lannon, reach for the moon, remember Gloria Vanderbilt, and hear from Albert Wynn. A few weeks ago, listener Robert sent a nice email saying that he was making his way through the backlog of archived shows on the website. And you'll recall that now, every show all the way back to July of 2000 is in the archive on the website, rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Robert also asked, how about a segment of cowboy songs? In particular, something from Tex Ritter, Bob Nolan, and Ken Maynard, who aren't as well known as Roy Rogers and Gene Autry. Well, Robert, I'm happy to say I think I have a nice representative mix that includes each of those first three gentlemen. Oh, I am a lonely cowboy, and I'm off on the Texas train. My train is cinching saddles and pulling bridle reins. But I can twist the lasso with the greatest skill and ease. Or rope and ride a bronco most anywhere I please. Oh, I love the rolling prairie that's far from trail and stride. Hind a bunch of longhorns, I'll journey all my life. But if I had a stink boy, soon man I would be. The sweetest girl in this wide world just fell in love with me. Oh, when we get on the trail, boys, the dusty billows rise. It's 50 miles in water and the grass is scorched and dry. Oh, the boss is mad and ringy, you all can plainly see. I'll have to follow the longhorns, I'm a cowboy here to be. But when it comes, the rain boys, one of the gentle kind. When the lakes are full of water and the grass is waving fine. Oh, the boss will shed his frown, boys, and a pleasant smile you'll see. I'll have to follow the longhorns, I'm a cowboy here to be. Oh, when we get embedded, we think down for the night. Some horse will shake his saddle, and it'll give the herd a fright. They'll bound to their feet, boys, and madly stampede away. In one moment's time, boys, you can hear a cowboy sing. Oh, when we get embedded, we feel most inclined. When a cloud will rise in the west, boys, and the fire play on their horns. 
Oh, the old boss rides around them, your pay you'll get in gold. So I'll have to follow the longhorns until I am too old. Wee 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 Let me ride on a trail In the hills of old Wyoming Where the coyotes wail in the gloaming For it's there that my heart's at home Let me rest With the blue sky from a ceiling Till the wind's lullaby comes stealing From the hills where my heart's at home Wake with the song, wake with the sun, saddle to men, cattle to ten, plenty to be done. Let me live on the rain, where a man has room to roam in, and dream of his love in the gloaming in the hills of old Wyoming in the hills of old Wyoming Wyoming Tumbling down, pledging 
I'll be found Drifting along with the tumbling tumbleweeds Cares of the past are behind Nowhere to go but I'll find Just where the trail will wind Drifting along with the tumbling tumbleweeds I know when night has gone That a new world's born at dawn I'll keep rolling along Deep in my heart is a song Belong, drifting along with the tumbling The Sons of the Pioneers with the original recording of Tumbling Tumbleweeds from DECA 5047, recorded in Los Angeles on August 8, 1934. DECA re-recorded the song on February 22, 1937 at the Adolphus Hotel in Dallas, Texas, issued as catalog number 46027. The Sons of the Pioneers were Leonard Sly, better known after 1937 as Roy Rogers, Tim Spencer, and Bob Nolan, who wrote Tumbling Tumbleweeds. Also in the group was fiddle player Hugh Farr. Bob Nolan was born Robert Clarence Nobles in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada on April 13, 1908, and wrote Tumbling Tumbleweeds on a fall day in the early 30s. He was supposedly looking out his apartment window at leaves being stripped from the trees by the wind and tumbling to the ground below, and initially titled the song Tumbling Leaves. He was a member of the Sons of the Pioneers for only a short time and went on to make at least 88 Western films and write about a thousand country, Western, and gospel songs. Bob Nolan died June 16, 1980. I mentioned his film career, which started out as the singing voice for Ken Maynard in the 1934 film In Old Santa Fe. And it was Ken Maynard, in his own voice, who started off this segment with The Lone Star Trail the hit from the Universal picture The Wagon Master, in which Maynard played the part of The Rambler. That was recorded in Los Angeles on April 14, 1930, issued on Columbia 2310D. Kenneth Olin Maynard was born in Vevey, Indiana, exactly 124 years ago this very day, July 21st. He went on to make more than 90 films and was billed as the American boy's favorite cowboy. Ken Maynard died on March 23, 1973, and has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In between Bob Nolan and Ken Maynard, we heard Tex Ritter with The Hills of Old Wyoming. Tex accompanied himself on guitar on that April 20, 1936 Decca recording, Made in Chicago. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. 
You hear Sam Lannon's name quite often on this show, but tonight another Lannon gets the spotlight. Last week, July 15th, marked the birth in 1897 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania of Howard Lannon. He was the middle child of nine born to Benjamin and Mary Lannon, and one of six brothers, all of whom became band leaders. While attending South Philadelphia High School, Howard played cornet and left school to become a professional musician, starting off as a drummer at the Crystal Palace Movie Theater. From there, he played in a trio at the Stone Harbor Yacht Club in New Jersey, and at age 17, he was leading his own dance orchestra and continued to lead orchestras into his late 80s. The Howard Lennon Orchestra played for society parties and at ballrooms such as the Ritz-Carlton and Bellevue Stratford in New York, and the Breakers in Palm Beach, Florida, leading to Lennon becoming known as the King of Society Dance Music. In 1922, Philadelphia radio station WDAR began broadcasting music of Lennon's orchestra from the Arcadia Cafe. Lennon also conducted orchestras on the Atwater Kent Hour and the Campbell Soup Show. Speaking of Campbell's Soup, John Dorrance, president of the company at the time, hired Howard Lannan's orchestra to play at the family's estate in Maine for the entire summer of 1929. Also in 1929, Howard married Claire Feinstein. Nothing unusual there, except that the ceremony took place at 1 a.m. following a gig at the Arcadia Cafe. They were married for 54 years until Claire's death. In the 1950s, Lannan founded Howard Lannan Productions, an entertainment management company. Howard Lennon died at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia of pneumonia on April 26, 1991. Here are three from Howard Lennon.
then, but look at you now. You're simply gorgeous, just like a beautiful rose. You won my heart and made me fall. I bought a gorgeous little ring. I feel so proud and everything, cause you're so gorgeous, that's all. A gorgeous record. Howard Lennon and his orchestra and Gorgeous, composed by Harry Axt with Scrappy Lambert singing the Benny Davis lyrics. Columbia 1029-D was recorded in New York on May 26, 1927. Before Gorgeous, we heard Howard Lennon and his Benjamin Franklin Hotel Orchestra with When Eyes of Blue Are Fooling You, written by James Monaco. Victor 19711 was recorded June 26, 1925. We started off our tribute to Howard Lennon with the flip side of Gorgeous, I'm Just Drifting Along, from the same session. Sam H. Stepped wrote the tune and Al Bernard the lyrics, which were once again sung by Scrappy Lambert. Given all the coverage leading up to it, it would be pretty hard not to know that yesterday, July 20th, was the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. So for this segment, we're going to play some rapidly rotating records having to do with the moon. Days in June, so say you love me or can't you 
Shadows get up and walk around and clouds come tumbling to the ground. I wouldn't be surprised. Cause didn't you fall in love with me? If the stars turn blue and willows that we begin to sing and winter changes into spring, I wouldn't raise my eyes. Cause didn't you fall in love with me? I thought I was foolish to think of romance with someone so charming as you. Thought I was hoping without any chance, but every hope came true. If the moon turns green and rivers begin to flow upstream and this is all a crazy dream, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause anything can happen if you can fall in love with me. Thank you. 
Savoy Orpheans were waiting for the moon at the Savoy Hotel, London, on June 26, 1925. Waiting for the Moon was written by Sammy Lerner and was sung there by Ramon Newton. Before that, Chick Bullock with Ted Wilson and his orchestra wouldn't be at all surprised if the moon turns green. If the Moon Turns Green was composed by Bernie Hannigan, with the words by Paul Cates. Vocalion 2924 was recorded March 23, 1935. We began that Moon segment with Ben Pollock and his Park Central Orchestra, who were reaching for the Moon on November 29, 1929. That was written by Bert Kalmar and Harry Ruby, and was supposed to be in the 1930 Warner Brothers picture Top Speed, starring Joe E. Brown and Bernice Clare, but it was cut before the film's U.S. release. That movie was shot just down the street from me in Norco, California, known locally as Horsetown, USA, and as Norco, America. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Back on June 17th, artist, author, actress, fashion designer, heiress, and socialite Gloria Vanderbilt passed away at age 95. I'm not even going to try to summarize Gloria Vanderbilt's life here, but at the very good suggestion of a listener in New York, I am going to start off a Vanderbilt segment with this song, and I'll explain why on the other side of the set. On Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock would land on them In olden days, a glimpse of stocking Was looked on as something shocking But now God knows anything goes Good authors, too, who once knew better words Now only used for letter words Writing prose, anything goes if driving fast cars you like, if low bars you like, if old hymns you like, if bare limbs you like, if May West you like, or me undressed you like, why nobody will oppose. When every night the set that's smart is intruding and nudist parties in studios, anything goes. When the missus Ned McLean, God bless her, can get Russian red to yes sir, then I suppose anything goes. When Rockefeller still can hoard enough money to let Max Gordon produce his show, anything goes. The world has gone mad today, and good's bad today, and black's white today, and day's night Today, and that gent today you gave a cent today once had several chateaus. When folks who still can ride in jitneys find out Vanderbilt's and Whitney's lack baby clothes, anything goes. When Sam Goldwyn can with great conviction instruct Anna Sten in diction, then Anna shows anything goes. 
when you hear that lady Mendel standing up, now does a handspring landing up on her toes. Anything goes. Just think of those shocks you got, and those knocks you got, and those blues you got from those news you got, and those pains you got, if any brains you got from those little radios. So Mrs. R, with all her trimmings, can broadcast a bed from Simmons, cause Franklin knows anything Thank you. 
picnic Love can do an awful lot of stun Love is like the colic or the measles Almost everybody gets it once First we fight and argue for an hour Then we kiss and sail the sky above Just at present life is kind of sour What is this thing called love? Cause I'm blue again, blue again And you know darn well that it's you again Cause you said last night we were through again And now I'm blue again I'm alone again, alone again And I'm out around on my own again Cause my mockingbird has flown again And I'm alone again Though I say I hate you I love you more every day Though I aggravate you Honest, I'm dying to say That it's new again You again And we'll meet today at two again But tonight we'll fight and be through again And I'll be blue again I'm blue, blue again Blue again, and you know darn well that it's you, you again, cause you said last night we were through again, and now I'm blue again, I'm alone, alone again, alone, alone again, and I'm out around on my own, own again, cause my mockingbird has flown again. And I'm alone again Though I say I hate you, baby I love you more every day Though I aggravate you Honest, I'm dying to say That it's new, new again You, you again And we'll meet today at two again but tonight we'll fight and be through again and i'll be blue again we started this vanderbilt segment way back when with cole porter himself singing his composition and accompanying himself on piano on anything goes written for his 1934 two-act musical of the same name That was recorded in Victor's New York Studio 3 on November 27, 1934, just six days after the play opened at the Alvin Theater. It ran for 420 performances, closing just short of a year later. So why play that in a segment for Gloria Vanderbilt? Well, she's mentioned in the lyrics, sort of. There's the line, When folks who still can ride in jitneys find out Vanderbilt's and Whitney's lack baby clothes, anything goes. A jitney is a vehicle, private taxicab, or small bus that carries passengers for a very low fare. 
The term originated in the early 1900s and came from the slang term jitney, meaning a nickel, since a ride of any length on a jitney cost five cents. In the midst of the Depression, poor people took the subway for transportation, middle-class folks could hire a jitney, and the rich had their own automobiles. In 1934, Gloria Vanderbilt was 10 years old, the only child of Reginald Claypool Vanderbilt and Gloria Morgan. Baby Gloria's paternal aunt was Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, and when Gloria's father died, there was a custody fight between her mother and aunt. It was news stories about the custody fight that may have inspired Porter to create the line. There may have been accusations about Gloria not having adequate clothing, who should pay for it, and who should have custody of the child. So the joke is that middle-class folks who could still afford to take a cab would be shocked to find out that if the Vanderbilts and Whitneys had lost nearly everything and couldn't afford to buy clothes for baby, then everything is topsy-turvy and anything goes. Next, it was Franklin Bauer with Harry Archer and his orchestra declaring there ain't no maybe in my baby's eyes on December 9, 1926. Gus Kahn and Walter Donaldson wrote the music and Raymond B. Egan the words. So what does that have to do with Vanderbilt? Well, Harry Archer began recording for Brunswick and their subsidiary Vocalion in 1925, and often one recording would be issued on both labels, one under a pseudonym. This recording was released on Brunswick as by Harry Archer and his orchestra, and on Vocalion as by the Vanderbilt Orchestra. That Vanderbilt Orchestra was followed by another Vanderbilt Orchestra, this one led by Max Fells. At the time, Max Fells was the musical director at the Vanderbilt Hotel in New York City. Most of his records are credited to Max Fells' Della Robbia Orchestra, but some, like Crooning, recorded in April of 1921, were issued as by the Vanderbilt Orchestra or Max Fells' Vanderbilt Orchestra. And we finished up this Vanderbilt segment with Marion Harris and Blue Again. What's the connection there? Well, Blue Again was written by Dorothy Fields and Jimmy McHugh for the short-lived Vanderbilt Review, which opened at the Vanderbilt Theater on November 5, 1930, and ran for just 13 performances. That recording from Brunswick 6016 was made December 12, 1930, about a month after the show closed. Albert Wynn is a little-known but very fine trombonist who worked with various bands in Chicago in the 1920s and toured Europe in the early 30s. He made only a half-dozen records under his own name, and let's see how many of them we can get to in the time remaining.
To finish a show, Albert Wynn and his Gut Bucket Five with Parkway Stomp, recorded in Chicago on October 9, 1928. Punch Miller did the scat vocal and played cornet. Alex Hill was on piano. Albert Wynn on trombone. Sid Catlett on drums. And Reedman Lester Boone. Out here in the West, we have freeways and highways. But back East, there are also turnpikes, throughways, and motorways. I played that record, which turned into an Albert Wynn segment, because during the show I was made aware of the Long Island Motor Parkway. It was privately built by William Kissam Vanderbilt, an auto racing enthusiast and grandson of Cornelius Vanderbilt, in 1908 and meant to be a highway suitable for racing. It became obsolete less than 20 years later and the land was donated to Suffolk and Nassau counties in 1937 and 38 but bits and pieces of it remain as roadway, hiking and biking trails, and easements. Before that, Wynn's Creole Jazz Band were down by the levee on October 2, 1928. William Barbie was on piano, and the label credits simply Punch with the vocal chorus. We started off this Albert Wynn segment with She's Crying for Me, written by Santo Pecora, recorded October 2, 1928. The personnel is the same as Parkway Stomp, except William Barbie was on piano. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention.